1: This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. On April 8th, there is going to be a solar eclipse. Really fun. I got a special pair of glasses for the occasion. I'm looking forward to it. And so, I read, I'm trying to figure out what the best spot for me to be in on uh, April 8th will be. Uh, There's different places that feel they have a, a good spot for it. But anyway, I read that southern Ontario, yes, in Canada, is right in the path of totality. They will have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to view what is a rare celestial event and teach kids about the way our solar system actually works. So what are the schools up there doing? So far, four school boards across the greater Toronto area have decided to close schools that day to minimize risk. Evidently, a bunch of other school boards and independent schools are about to follow that lead. Now, I read that and I thought, whoa, what losers the Canadians are. They can't handle a little darkness because to me, It's a wonderful opportunity to teach children about astronomy and the sun and have a great once-in-a-lifetime equation, uh, uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience. So then I see it's not at all limited to Canada. A whole bunch of central Ohio schools are going to be closed for the upcoming total solar eclipse in Texas, a whole bunch of schools are closing for the solar eclipse. In Arkansas, a whole bunch of schools are closing for the solar eclipse. In southern Indiana, in Kentucky, in place after place around the country, they are closing for the solar eclipse. And when I say these schools are closing, they're closing. It's not they're taking a break from math class to have everybody go outside and watch the eclipse. These schools are closing. I have to tell you. This is baffling. I find this incredibly dismaying and incredibly disappointing. It is so misguided to not use this as a great educational opportunity. Children shouldn't be kept inside for this. They should be seeing this event. I know these days we're in a culture where everything is so risk-averse, but this is exactly the type of thing that children should not be sheltered from. They should be taught about their place in the universe and how to exist safely in nature. But in school district after school district, in the United States and in Canada and who knows where else, that's not going to happen. Essentially, I think it sends the message to children to be afraid of the sun and the outdoors. And that is a horrible message to send to children. I'm curious what you think. 800-848-9222. 800 848 That's 800 848 Because if they miss this one, the next total solar eclipse will probably be visible in North America in about 400 years. 400 years. We're all, all, everybody's going to be cryogenically frozen and brought back to life and having these neuralink cybernetic devices implanted in their brain by then. I don't know that we're going to have the full appreciation for it that we do now. I'm excited about this solar eclipse. These schools should be properly prepared with the proper glasses and everything of that nature. And they should be embracing this. Not canceling school. I think this is a terrible decision. I'm curious, particularly if you're a parent, a grandparent, or a school administrator, I'm curious what you think of this. 800-848-9222. That is 800-848-9222. Schools all over the place. Closing, closing, closing for an eclipse. Schools should not only be open, they should embrace this. They should do all sorts of eclipse-themed lessons. I mean... This is something which could affect every area of the school curriculum. I mean, science, even math, uh, history, everything. And they're going to close school? Lame. Lame. On a positive scientific note, uh, scientists have developed a new type of fuel cell. This is exciting that can provide endless power through electricity harvested from... Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Electricity harvested from... Dirt. Dirt. A team from Northwestern University says the book-sized unit could be used to power sensors used in farming as well as remote devices in the Internet of Things, the IoT. The technology works by generating electricity from naturally occurring bacteria within the soil and offering a sustainable and renewable alternative to toxic and flammable batteries. I think this is really neat. George Wells, who's uh, at Northwestern University, said these microbes, this is in um The Independent, one of uh, the u k s leading newspapers. And if you watch Ted Lasso, you know that's where Ted, uh, uh, Trent Crim works. He said, these microbes are ubiquitous. They already live in soil everywhere." We can use very simple engineered systems to capture their electricity. We're not going to power entire cities with this energy. Um, But we can capture minute amounts of power. I think this is great. So this soil-based microbial fuel cell is based on a one 113-year-old technology first developed by British botanist Michael Cressy Potter, who was the first person to successfully generate electricity from microorganisms. And it took until the 21st century for the first commercial applications to be proposed. With Foster's Brewing, yes, the folks that make the beer, using a prototype to convert the yeast In brewery wastewater into electricity and this latest fuel cell was tested in wet and dry conditions to power sensors measuring uh, soil moisture and detecting touch outlasting the power of similar technologies by 120 percent i think this is great i think this is a positive story and uh, this is inspiring about human ingenuity and the possibilities of nature 800-848-9222, 800 848 uh one open line if you care to comment. Let me say hello to Marty in Baltimore. Hello, Marty. Hey, Frank, how are you doing? I, yeah, that is ridiculous that they,
2: they're not having those kids in school for that.
1: It's insane, uh, Marty. It's insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I used to work at the Maryland Science Center. I was an IMAX projectionist, and uh, we did a lot of stuff with the um, – they'd have an Eclipse – uh, and and it's it's just uh, uh, very uh, uh, very cool, and you know the glasses that they have are great. So, but uh, what I called you for? I'm I'm uh, on a show uh, on Saturdays on uh, your affiliate WCBM in Baltimore. I'm on the panel, and it's called Movie Talk, and it runs at four four to five p.m. I've heard it. Uh, yeah, it's a great afternoon. show. It's a great show. Yeah, and I joined the panel about uh, I guess three months ago. So uh, we've been. I've been trying to get more celebrities on the radio. We've so far had Candy Clark from uh, American Graffiti and uh, Daniel Roebuck who used to be a uh, regular in Matlock, and he was also in the first six episodes sure. of season one of Lost. Sure. But uh you know, we we do talk about movies, and uh, the guy that uh, one of the guys that runs it, Iver Miller, he um, used to be a vice president for MGM marketing. And uh, he's, he's got a lot of stories. i worked on a lot of film productions uh, filmed in Maryland. So I've got a lot of stories. Uh, like the time I almost hit Gene Hackman with the police car oh. uh, while we were filming in the state. But, uh, you know, so it's a fun show. And uh, it can be for the people that um, don't live in Baltimore. Uh, it can be streamed live on WCBM.com.
1: All right. Well, so, I'm glad we uh, told people how to listen to it, Marty. Best of luck with the show. Thank yeah. you.
2: All right. Take a listen. Take bye care.
1: Bye. Well, absolutely. 800-848-9222. Melvin is in Indianapolis. What's on your mind, Melvin?
3: Well, I'm calling about the uh, the solar eclipse. And I think the only reason the schools might be want to be closed is we're afraid that if the kids look out the window or they're outdoors and looking up at school, they're going to see the eclipse and damage their eyesight. And they don't want to be sued for that happening.
1: Well, again, maybe there's some of that, but um, why not just give the kids Eclipse glasses then?
3: Well, a lot of these glasses that people sell for the Eclipse are not certified for the ultraviolet. And a lot of it is scam stuff. The safe way to look at the Eclipse is not to look at it, but look at the shadow. Where you take a piece of paper... You put a little uh, a little hole in the paper, and then you have another paper or a box under it, and you see the round circle of light. And then, as the Earth goes into the in, or as the Moon goes between the Earth and the Sun, you then see the eclipse on a piece of paper. And you don't be retina of your eye.
1: All right. Well, I think a lot of the glasses, though, at least the pair that I have, they are certified as being safe for eclipse viewing.
3: Well, they're certified, and then there's the crap that comes in from China. Right, right. It but I'm not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting
1: not. the schools buy that. They should have, buy proper eclipse glasses.
3: But you don't really know if they're going to be effective. If if the glass is what it says it is,
1: all right. So you think then, Melvin? Do you think we should cancel school then? No. Okay. You well, so then we're 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 on the dangerous. we're on the same page. Okay. I mean, you you're, you're getting you want to try to have a discussion about debating the virtues of eclipse glasses. That is well beyond my pay grade. I don't know anything about eclipse glasses. I, I think that the pair that I have is certified, as you can look at the eclipse. But, um, I mean, I'm talking about they shouldn't cancel school and you're, you're nitpicking about what kind of glasses people can use, how best to look at the eclipse, use a piece of paper, look at the shadow, when you're agreeing with me. I mean, I hate to see what would happen if you disagreed with me. 800-848-92-22, 800-848-9222, Pat is in the Boogie Down Bronx. Hi, Pat.
4: Hey, what's going on, Frank? Listen, uh, love the show, man. You definitely put my faith back in AM radio. Oh, that's nice of you. Um, Thank you,
1: Pat. Appreciate that. uh,
4: No problem. Listen, back in 2018, there was a movie called STEM that was based all on this whole Elon Musk thing about a chip. It's about this dude that ends up getting uh, jumped or whatever, and him and his wife get killed and tries to investigate the murder of his wife, but he's paralyzed now from getting jumped. And they put this chip in his brain that kind of, like, controls all that. You should check out the movie.
1: You know, I'm looking this up. This looks like exactly my type of film. Although, based on your description, and I think this is the same film, I think the film might be called Upgrade. Could it have been called Upgrade? Oh,
4: yes. Yes. Uh, The name of... It's called Upgrade. The name of the chip is
1: called STEM. STEM. Got it. it. I'm going to put this on my list, although I don't know how to watch these films now that I don't have uh, Netflix or now that Netflix has ended their DVD service. You know, it used to be such a great thing. You could think, somebody would call like that, and I'd say, oh, okay, I'll add this to my Netflix queue, and then you'd always have three new movies to watch, three new DVDs to watch at home. Now, I have to go hunt through the 20 different streaming services that I'm paying for and hope the streaming gods decide this is one of the offerings that I should have. Oh, no, it's not on Netflix. Oh, no, it's not on Amazon Prime. Oh, no, it's not on Hulu. Oh, no, it's not on Disney Plus. Oh, no, it's not on Apple TV. Oh, well, okay, I'm going to have to spend $6 to watch a film that I don't even know that I'm going to like. With Netflix, the DVD service, and this is why I can't believe that nobody has relaunched that business because there were a million of us, a million customers that still enjoyed those uh, Netflix DVDs, and you would think that somebody wants those customers, and yet nobody has stepped into the breach. 800-848-9222. Jim is in New Jersey. Hi, Jim.
3: Hi, Frank. Uh, the schools, are, the schools are, are, are going to be closed so the children can actually view the eclipse, not because they're afraid of anything.
1: Well, Jim, but why not make it a school outing, a class outing, where you just have the kids go outside and look at the eclipse?
3: Well, well you, could, you could do that also, but actually, looking at the sun when it's uh, doing an eclipse is no more dangerous than any other day if, when, when you can look at the sun.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it on other days either.
3: Uh, yeah, I know, but people—they're not going to stare at it. I mean, but I mean, to me, to me, I think it's a good thing that the schools are going to be closed. I, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion.
1: I, I don't. I think, unfortunately, what you're going to see is a lot of children. Instead of being able to enjoy the eclipse outside in a manner that includes guided instruction where you potentially have people that could answer questions about the eclipse, I think you're going to see a lot of kids inside um, and playing video games, watching TV or doing whatever else. And I don't know that you're going to have parents insisting that the uh, children go outside to enjoy the eclipse as you would, at least I hope you would, if these children were in school enjoying it.
3: Well, I,
1: I see your point. Jim, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. 800-848-9222. By the way, coming up in a few minutes, the great Noam Laden will be here, and there's no telling what's on his mind. You just, you just never know. The man has a nose for news and a noggin for knowledge, and that's on, going to be on full display coming up in just a few minutes. George is in Maryland. Hello, George. Hey, how are you doing, Jim? I'm actually Frank, but uh, I'm as chipper as a cricket on a caffeine kick, chirping my way through oh, my the night. Goodness. Yeah, well, I
3: watch your show and I love AM radio. And uh, I think everybody who, anybody who is convicted and sentenced to uh, uh, serve prison time, they should be injected with a, uh, a tracking chip. So once they're released, that uh, any time there's a crime, they can, uh, you know, they can be traced down. I think that should be part of their sentence. What do you think
1: about that? I mean, honestly, I think it's a terrible idea. I think once you pay your debt to society, you should be able to uh, rejoin free society in a manner where you're not tracked uh, any more than any other free citizen is tracked. I, I think if you wanted to d- discuss it uh, regarding people that are on probation, I think that's fine. I mean, there's a reason that well, there's... you have a
3: lot of multiple offenders, you know. Yeah,
1: Yeah, but I, I don't think, I, I mean, I think then that should be part of the sentence. I think the if you want to do um, five years in prison, depending on the crime, and then another three years supervised release, that could be part of the supervised release. And the supervised release has had a lot of success with those ankle bracelets but i think to perpetually track people that have paid their debt to society i don't think i don't think that's a good idea hey uh, i heard the baltimore orioles were sold did you hear about that no i didn't um i'm actually
3: from the lower part near near dc and uh oh. i think i think shack i think shack uh, bought into the commanders and they're uh they're going to try and bring the name redskins back you kidding no, that's what I heard.
1: Wow, that's interesting. I had not heard that. But, yeah, um, the Orioles apparently were sold, and they're saying that the Iron Man himself, Cal Ripken Jr., the legendary Orioles shortstop, is expected to be part of the team's new ownership group, which is kind of cool. So that's that. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Tom is in St. Paul. Hello, Tom.
4: Hi, I'm... Uh... Um, I don't hear a lot of calls from the Midwest, WCCO, so I'm glad to get on. But that man that called a f- few callers earlier regarding the liability of the, of the schools for letting the children basically stare at the sun during an eclipse, and even during total coverage, the corona can damage the the eyes. So... You've so, all seen television commercials where if you were stationed at a particular army branch 20, 30 years ago. Hello?
1: Yeah, I'm listening to you, Tom.
4: Uh if you were stationed at a particular army branch 20 years ago, you know, you have you have a claim. It it was decades ago. So, I can see commercials 20, 30 years in the future, say, if your teachers let you look at the uh, solar eclipse in 2024, call us. You've got a claim.
1: So you think it's a prudent thing to do to, to cancel school in this instance?
4: Cancel school? I don't know, because what is school now? Seven, six, seven periods of the day? But I don't know that One adult or two adults can supervise 15, 30 kids and make sure none of them ever look at the sun without appropriate guard coverage glasses
1: on yeah i hear you tom and you know from a legal perspective you're probably right maybe this is why so many school districts are doing it i um i I think you know if you take the proper safety precautions just as you would for a field trip right or when they're on the school bus and they have to wear a safety belt i think if you take the proper safety precautions the school will be covered in terms of liability right maybe you make the kids if we're this is the era that we're living in where we're super litigious maybe we make the kids sign a um a, 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 a permission slip get the parents to sign a permission slip I don't know I just I hear what you're saying Tom, and I hear where the other folks are coming from. I don't think it's a good idea to cancel school at all at at all all right No Laden is here. that's a good idea. We'll get an idea of what's in the news from him
0: straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. And I fell heavy
1: into your arms. These days
0: of darkness, which we've known, will blow away with this new sun. But I
1: This is Mumford and Sons. It's apparently Mumford's birthday today. Hopefully his sons got him something nice. All right, I am uh, very, very pleased to be your entree to a news journey that will stimulate the mind and tickle your curiosity bone. Stand by for the other side of midnight's news. News.
0: and its affiliated stations present National and International News with Frank Marano and News Director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Uh, hello,
5: Noam Layden. Good morning, Frank. Lots of people, of course, working remote and continue to. And you must have friends I have like this who say this is the greatest thing that ever happened. I mean, post-pandemic was that they can work from home Mm -hmm. and almost never have to go into an office. So now you have all these corporations who realize... They can't get some of the best employees unless they offer some form of remote work because people like the idea of sure. being close to their family right. and being able to hang out with their kids for more hours of the day well, and, and not, not commute. in
1: traffic for an hour and exactly.
5: A so. How do you watch these workers during the day to see that they're actually being productive? And there's been all these tools that have been installed, and workers know that they're being watched in a way they've never been watched before at home. Some corporations force these employees to set up cameras. In fact, most of them do. Others have these uh, keystroke Uh, uh, applications that are downloaded onto their computer so they can see how often those keystrokes are moving to know whether these workers are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing during that hour of the day. Uh, There's other devices that watch what your mouse do, how often your mouse moves, where it's moving to. And so you're really being monitored in a way that workers have never been monitored before at home. And I talked to somebody who is very involved in this and says uh, most workers know what's being done. They understand that they're being monitored, but maybe to not to the extent that they realize. Uh, here's what he had to say.
4: It's basically software that your company installs on your company computer and sometimes your personal device that tracks everything you do on your computer. Now, it can track keystrokes, so if you're typing in things on your keyboard like passwords to your bank, it can track that. It takes screenshots at different intervals up to the manager to decide. And then it sends screenshots of your screen back to your manager to show them what you were doing.
5: Yeah, so at any time of day, depending on which company you're working for, that camera is constantly taking pictures of you and sending it back to your workplace. Because they want to see whether you're sitting at your desk or you have your face in the refrigerator or watching terrible. Judge Judy. You know, who knows what people are doing during the workday. So... Workers have started to push back in the last year. And if you go on to Amazon today, there are all kinds of devices that fight back against those applications that work. One of them is a device that makes it look like your mouse is moving. It shakes your mouse every 30 seconds. So let's say you get up and you make yourself a good meal and you want to watch something on Netflix that you haven't had a chance to watch, but you want to make it look like you're at your desk Uh, You can set it up so your mouse shakes every 15 or 30 seconds. There's also another one that makes it look like you're doing keystrokes. And so there's this fight that's going on between the workplace and the remote workplace Hey, if you're going to watch me, I'm going to fight back with my own software that'll make it look like I'm working because I'm getting the job done ultimately. So stop watching me in these intervals where you're taking pictures of me, you're watching my keystrokes. A lot of employees say they've it's gone too far, but they don't want to give up that uh, at-home remote work the thing that's become very popular, you know,
1: I, I'm so against employers spying on their employees in, in all in all forms. I mean, if an employee is doing the job, that should be. What matters if you don't think your employee is doing their job, then get rid of them. But to to kind of monitor them like they're a kindergartner trying to sneak outside to see the solar eclipse, I think is just uh, absurd. They, this is just awful. Now, again, I, I don't even know. I don't know how I feel about this this counter spy uh, attempt that the that the employees are trying to do. But I think this stinks all the way around. Yeah, the
5: shaking mouse costs like 15 bucks. I mean, they're all cheap devices to fight back. I was talking to a reporter a couple of weeks ago from Business Insider who's been doing a lot of work on this. And he says eight in 10 companies that uh, offer up remote work are considering installing all this kind of software. Uh, But you do have some of these IT managers who feel uncomfortable about the fact that they're being asked to install software on laptops that people are going to use at home that are essentially going to spy on them. I can imagine. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible, I think. Have you seen there is a yogurt company? I want to get the name of the yogurt company right, so I brought the name in. Uh, This New York City-based yogurt company is uh, offering – it's called Siggy's Dairy – And they're offering $10,000 if you're willing to lock up your phone for a month. I heard about this. So you have to write an essay and why you do and what it would mean to you if you locked up your phone. But is this
1: only for young people?
5: No, this is anybody. Oh, anybody. Yeah, anybody can take part in this. They're going to pick 10 people. In fact, you still have to the end of today. It's called Siggy's, which is S-I-G-G-I-S. Dairy. I I
1: like their yogurt. It's good.
5: Oh, okay. So they're doing this digital detox, is essentially what they're calling it. And they'll take your phone for a month. Uh, You'll get a flip phone, by the way, in return, and $10,000 if they choose you. And it's an experiment to see if you can do without your phone. And I thought that was awfully interesting. So I started searching around to see if other people are doing this. And apparently... Apparently, this has become a relatively hot item in the millennial community to give up your smartphone to see what it was like, because so many millennials, it's the only thing they've ever known. They were given a phone when they were 12 or 13 years old. They've never lived without one. Right. I grew up. I didn't have a phone. Mm -hmm. You you know, I do rely on it. It feels like my right arm. But for that generation that grew up with a phone from the moment they were old enough uh, to know exactly what it was. They want to see what it's like to detox, and it's become very popular, so much so that Nokia says their sales of flip phones, the old-school flip phones, have gone up in the last two years. They've seen sales rise here in the United States. So uh, this one woman who I've monitored on Mm. YouTube, she described what it was like to give up her smartphone for a month. She says... Uh, at first, it was she she you know, she couldn't handle it. She was just like uh, she was shaking convulsing almost because she wasn't getting alert. she didn't know what was going on in the world, maybe she was missing out on something that was happening on snap or Instagram. But she says as the month went on, she realized all kinds of anxieties that she's had completely went wow. away and so, What was supposed to be a one-month experiment has now been a nine-month experience. She has not gotten taken back her phone. She still has her laptop. So she says, you know, I need to check in with work. I'll open up my laptop. I will check in. And uh, here's what she sounds like as she describes it.
6: Number one is that I am incredibly calm now. And I don't identify as someone who has anxiety. Like, I wouldn't have said that I'm an anxious person. But after switching, I realized that there probably was a lot of anxiety around my iPhone that has since gone away. And I think it's just that I'm not constantly in tune with the Internet and, mm. you know, things that are going on.
5: And she said, you know what, I'm not missing out on anything. She said the alerts, because your phone sends alerts all day long, she said it's great not to get them. And so... Uh, Will she stay with the flip phone forever? You know, she says probably not, but she says it's been really interesting to live without it.
1: I think this is uh, terrific. I'm going to see if I can no no, to get considered for this ten thousand dollars from Siggy's. I have to write an essay for that. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to see if I can. uh, I'll help you write it if you want. No, no, I mean I I feel pretty good about my writing abilities, but um, I, I I would love to do this. Um, I'm not sure if I could do away with it work wise, you know, just because not only the breaking news alerts, but everybody's always trying to reach you at all these weird times, be it text and email. Well,
5: you could still get the text because right. you have the, flip the flip phone.
1: phone. I-, I would absolutely uh, try this. I, uh, I think that would be great. I try to do that largely on the weekend anyway, Right. but uh, I, uh, I think it would be a lot of fun to do for a week. I'm going to see if I can get paid the $10,000 to do it. I yeah, think that, that would be great. make it a whole lot sweeter. That's,
5: that's for sure. Of course, this is the kind of uh, season where everybody starts to scream and holler about potholes. Right. You know, it's just bad. And it doesn't make sense to repair them because we're still in the middle of winter, but I don't know what it's like out on Staten Island, but where I am, it's just everywhere. It's so intense. Awful. Yeah. So what if I told you that a pothole actually saved a life as opposed to ruining somebody's car, which is normally what it does. The hell you say. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, Darshan Singh Barar is uh, in India. He is on life support, connected to all kinds of hundreds of machines. They're trying to keep him alive. And um, old guy. And he finally passes away. Done. Life is over. And, um, you know, some level the family sort of takes it as a blessing because they didn't think he was ever going to come back. Uh, They uh, gather for what is essentially an Indian wake, much like a wake you would do here to celebrate his life. And uh, they're bringing the body to this wake. You're, not, you're going to think I'm making up this story, but this is a totally true story. <laughs> They're bringing his body to the wake, and the car that the wake, uh, that's bringing his body to the wake uh, hits just this really intense pothole. Boom. And his nephew, who's in the car with him, says, once they hit this pothole, he notices that his hands moved, and he's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? He then takes his pulse and realizes he's alive. His uncle's alive. So he tells the guy, the driver, he says, turn this thing around. Uh, oh, let's not go to the wake. Let's go to the hospital. They bring him back to the hospital. Oh, my he goodness. He is alive today. Not only is he alive today, but they think he may make a recovery from all the illnesses that he was facing. So he wasn't dead. I guess he wasn't dead. and But they still had this wake. Yeah, well, the wake was ready to go. They had people there ready with flowers, ready to make speeches. And uh, all called off, thankfully. Because this guy, the car, if they had not hit this pothole, likely he would have gone through with the wake and he would have been buried. Wow. Yeah. So
1: I guess maybe these potholes uh, are serving a purpose. Yes. Well, thank you, Gnome.
5: And now you know the rest of the story.
1: I'll say, boy. That, you know, Frankenstein, the story of Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster is in the public domain. So you could actually do a remake of Frankenstein. I think there's actually a remake of Frankenstein out now with um, Emma Stone, I believe. And it's in the public domain. You could do it just as you could a remake of Steamboat Willie. And you could do a remake of Frankenstein's monster where instead of electricity to bring this person back from the dead... It is instead a pothole, which I think would be really terrific. All right. Uh, 800-848-9222 if you want to comment on anything we are talking about tomorrow. Uh, got kind of an interesting show tomorrow. We, uh, I believe we're going to talk movies with Debbie Schlossel. Brian Kilmeade is going to be here. We'll go through the news of the day. And a uh, woman from the U.K. by the name of Helena Kelly. I know this sounds, you know, potentially a little dry, but she's got this new book out about Charles Dickens. The book is fascinating. I read a review of it either in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, and I was fascinated. I got a hold of the book. The book has caused me to look anew at uh, Charles Dickens, which I will be looking anew at, and she's going to join us Tomorrow, so we're going to get into that in a uh, in a big way tomorrow. So hopefully Debbie Schlussel, Brian Kilmeade, and Helena Kelly all tomorrow. That should be a lot of fun. You know, tonight I have this event. I ended up joining this um, this private club. I got kind of a deal on the um, the membership, but my wife was still not crazy about me joining. But it's right up the block from my house. I was just telling Nome about it off air. It's it looks exactly like my type of place. And so tonight. We have the soft opening for this event, this uh, this establishment, which I'm I'm looking forward to going to. But you know, it's you know, it's going to be. I'm going to go there around seven seven thirty. And my general move is that you know, around seven seven thirty uh, after we have dinner, maybe watch a little Jeopardy. We'll put Carmine to bed uh work on the show a little bit more. And then what I've been trying to do, you know, for the last month or so is get on the, um, you know, get on the stationary bike. And I haven't really missed a day. And, um, you know, I've worked my way up to 14 miles a day. So I'm going to do 14 miles on the bike every day. That's my plan. And then gradually start increasing the resistance so that, um, you know, I can get even stronger and do it in an even faster time. And then after i've done 7 straight days at the at the highest possible resistance so i'm going to do 14 days uh, excuse me 7 days straight at 14 miles at the resistance that i'm on now which is kind of moderate then raise it a little do 7 straight days with that at 14 miles then keep going until i get all the way to the highest resistance then i'm going to you know add running in the hopes that you know i'll be in a pretty pretty good shape the next triathlon that comes around and then you know and that's all good but for the first time really in a month or so my legs are really tired so i have this party tonight at the time that i'm normally biking which means that you know i can't really go biking at 7, 7:30 and i have to go earlier either when i first wake up in the afternoon or before you know before i leave like 6ish but the qualms that i have about this are you know that's going to deny me a a rest period here so i'm not sure if i am setting myself up for failure by trying to do the 14 miles before i've had the full 24 hours to to rest so that's kind of what i'm wrestling with now um I mean, I guess it wouldn't kill me to have an off day, but I'm afraid to take an off day because I'm worried that one off day might become two off days and and that's that. But um, I mean, I guess I could go late to the event at the um, you know private club that I'm joining, but I have two guests coming with me, so I, I kind of have to go at the time that we're prescribed. But we'll see. I'm going to see how Carmine's nap schedule is. If he naps like a champ in the afternoon, and I can do this in the afternoon, maybe I'll give it a go, get it out of the way, suffer through this this leg fatigue and see how that goes. All right, 800-848-9222. Mike is in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Mike, what's on your mind? Yeah,
4: how you doing? You're talking about that Indian fellow. You know, they don't, if he's a Hindu, they don't get buried, they get cremated. So just imagine this guy waking up in the oven, you know. That would have been
1: uh, not too nice. No, it would have been awful. I mean, this is really a miracle.
3: Yeah, and remember one thing, Alan West for president, okay?
1: (laughs) Thank you, Mike. I appreciate you always setting us straight on that one. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. All right, we're going to do 15 seconds of fame in just a bit. Uh, if you're new to the program and you're not familiar with the concept of 15 Seconds of Fame, that's where you get to be heard on any subject you like for 15 seconds. You can also email me, frank.morano at networks.com. That's frank.m-o-r-a-n-o at redappleaudionetworks.com. This is The Other Side of Midnight, straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight. side at midnight with Frank Marano.
1: Until the top of the hour, we're going to start. We'll do 15 seconds of fame momentarily. You know, I did want to mention uh, that uh, Todd Washburn is an assistant superintendent in Liberty Hills, Texas. And we've been talking about a lot of school districts canceling school or at least canceling class for the solar eclipse on April 8th. And according to Todd Washburn, they're not going to be losing any instruction time by taking off for the eclipse. Is what Mr. Washburn had to say.
4: It was kind of a win-win for us. We didn't lose any instructional time. We just adjusted our schedule slightly.
1: I, I, I think it's ridiculous. I hear what people are saying about lawsuits. I still think it's ridiculous. Hey, The other video that I came across yesterday, in fact, my friend Sean sent me this, is from Congresswoman Katie Porter. She's running for U.S. Senate in California. California has one of the more insane systems for how to elect people. Um, th- this top two system, which shockingly no other state has emulated because it's a total disaster. But uh, Katie Porter put a video out there on Instagram, and I found myself, and it has nothing to do with who she is or what she's running for, but I found myself agreeing with a big portion of her message. And I'm hoping a lot of other candidates running for office, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, will kind of emulate this. Because I think this fundamental message here, which is standing up to corporate power and standing up for the individual— is a positive and one that I'd love to see more people start to talk about this is Katie Porter in this video that I came across yesterday and thank you to my buddy Sean just back from Qatar by the way for uh, sending this over to me
6: before I was elected to Congress five years ago I was a consumer protection advocate I took on greedy corporations and Washington officials asleep at the wheel and what I saw then is what we all know now which is that Washington is broken Lobbyists and big corporations spend billions to make sure that their agenda is at the top of Washington, D.C.'s agenda. Special interests have too much power, and we, as Californians, we don't have enough. Let's shake up the Senate. Let's change how Washington works. I'm calling for an end to earmarks, outlawing corporate PAC donations and lobbyist donations, and a ban on Congress members trading stock. We need a leader who puts our interests first to build housing, to fight climate change, to lower costs, not someone who caters to special interests. Uh, So I love that standing up to
1: corporate uh, corporate power and standing up for people. So, um, you know, I I would much rather see her in the U.S. Senate than Adam Schiff. uh, That is for sure. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222, if you want to be heard for 15 seconds, now's your opportunity. Uh, also, be sure to join the Facebook group. It is time for...
0: The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. fame! Sound! the jerk off, jerk off.
4: Mike! Morning, Frank. I'm scheduled to have a Neuralink installed over the weekend. And I'm going to have them program it to the other side of Midnight Radio. And with the money I save on radio batteries, I'm going to donate it to your GoFundMe page.
1: I love it. E. Frank.
2: Yeah, Donald Trump is going to have a lot of problems with Joe Biden. You know, I'm a member of his third non-virtual campaign, and Joe Biden had brain cancer. He's a devout Catholic. He's not pro-life. And I believe he can win the election because there are a lot of requirements in the United States of America now. Rocco, Good evening Frank once again uh, Or is it
5: Jim or Jimmy I don't know Someone called you Jim Hey I'm going to leave special instructions When I die go over the largest pothole You can find
1: and then check my pulse Yeah
6: Lisa (laughs) Wow Great show Um, uh, I just want to say thank you for everything well, you're
1: welcome. Thank you. Eddie! One of the great mysteries of life
4: Alfred Hitchcock did not have a belly button.
1: Is that true? Rusty! Yeah, how come the
3: auto workers uh, support Joe Biden with the cars and everything like that? The auto workers union.
1: You know, you got me uh, because on the issue of electric vehicles, I think they're actually much closer to to Trump than Biden. I suppose there are other other issues that they care about beyond just electric vehicles, though. And look, uh, Biden was at least publicly supportive of um, of them during the strike. Terry,
4: hi Frank. Maybe Carmine needs basketball equipment. That will
1: give him a good reason to throw something. Yeah, that's not bad. Bernie! A, a, a movie called Gentleman's Agreement was the
2: first time anti-Semitism had been put on the screen. It starred
1: Gregory Peck. The I lo- movie is very relevant today. I love that picture. Uh, Gregory Peck is great in it. And Kenny... More more oh, thank goodness we got that guy in there. All right, uh, that uh, that about slams the lid on things for today. Hey, just got an SMS text message from Brandon who said he just completed that Siggy's phone detox application. It's only a one hundred to five hundred word essay. Well, you know that's the trick for me, as you could tell by the the uh, blabberversia verbosa that I just uh, went through for the last few hours. It's much more difficult for me to be brief than it is for me to bring be lengthy. I don't remember if it was Churchill or Woodrow Wilson or maybe neither, or both, who said, if you ask me to speak for um, a half hour, I need a, a, uh, a day to prepare. If you ask me to speak for five minutes, I need a week to prepare. But if you ask me to speak for an hour, I'm ready right now. And it's true. You know, sometimes it takes a lot more effort to be pithy and to boil down the important aspects of what you want to say in a short amount of time, whether we're talking verbally or on the written page, than if you get the freedom to expand upon whatever your thoughts happen to be. So sometimes with me anyway, uh, brevity may be the soul of wit, but it's also the soul of a great challenge. All right. Uh tomorrow, Brian Kilmeade, um, Helena Kelly on on Charles Dickens, perhaps Debbie Schlossel. We'll see, and uh, I may have a few other surprises up my sleeve tomorrow as well. We'll see. Also, uh, my colleague is uh, Sid Rosenberg is still in Israel. We haven't been able to hook up uh, getting him on the program, uh, so we may try for that tomorrow. As well. We'll see where that goes. All right. Um, if you want to stay in touch with me, you can do so via email, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. A few stories that I didn't get to today. I thought for sure, not having any guess, we would get to them, uh, but, uh, but I didn't. There's a lot going on culturally, scientifically, astronomically. And in every other respect, we'll get into it tomorrow. Be here or be nowhere. And if you miss any portion of the show, subscribe to the podcast. Just search The Other Side of Midnight on any podcast app. Frank Moreno, good day.